0: What's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 334 broken up into two parts, A and B. Thank you gentlemen 334A posting on 613 will be discussion on Spider-Man: Across the Spider-Verse and 334B will be posting on posting on 616 will be discussion on The Old Way available on Hulu with Nicolas Cage. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as does every week is my co-host, Roger Stillion, our lovely guest, Chris Bond. Gentlemen, how are we? What
1: two different movies do we have this week? I mean, just uh, quality-wise. Vast. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the, the chasm is large and deep here. We have
1: a 10
0: and a 2. I'll let you decide which is which, but we have, we have a 10 and a 2.
2: Uh, wow, I'm surprised you gave it a 2.
0: Yeah, right? At my well, be it. <laughs> It does some things right, but not 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 much, not much anyway, it what's going on guys? Leave. How is the ohio valley? how's the so heat? it's raining for the first
2: time in three weeks here, finally, legitimately three weeks without precipitation from the sky
0: mm-hmm. so that's been interesting yeah, there yeah, there yeah. are lawns dead everywhere
1: that's not
0: that's not entirely like that um
1: uncommon in the summer though, is it
0: uh that's <sighs> phenomenally a long time for this area yeah,
1: and it's been drier than usual too because we're, we're known for humid summers so yep. yeah it's uh yeah it's funny it looks like scorched earth as you drive if you drive yep. drive around and there's just yards that are like green like just patterns of green and brown camo yep didn't even yeah. try don't care let it die <laughs> Fucking stupid grass grass is
2: bullshit <laughs> anyway grass. yep yeah oh, doesn't it just it
0: does, shit. doesn't it just regrow like doesn't it, if it dies it'll just i mean regrow? it will
2: but yeah. if it never did again, that's fine.
0: <laughs> if I had just like
2: a nice Japanese like rock garden front yeah. and backyard, that's totally fine.
1: Well, uh, when I lived in Arizona briefly, most yards were just rocks and sand. Yeah. Wonderful. Perfect. Yep. I'm guessing I mean, it's expensive There's out also there to... snakes. Hmm? It's very really expensive yeah, out there to maintain. The tarantulas.
0: Oh, no, that's not okay. It's expensive out there to maintain lawns too because it's. Like, I mean, so if you have. Not a if lawn. you don't have one. Yeah, I was going to say if you have <laughs> a lawn. It cost
2: me zero dollars to look at this dirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true, I guess. That is very, very mm. true. Mm. It was sunny about four minutes ago, and then it's just a torrential downpour hit. Now it's very
1: cloudy, very gray, very dark. Good. You lose power with the restart recording. I can't it's wait. good.
0: Well, no, it's not raining anymore, but it's funny how like, a torrential downpour for like 30 seconds. Then that's stopped. why we have
1: a battery backup, by the way.
0: True. But, um, yeah, I went to... Roger, you'll be happy to know. You went, I went to a to, soccer to, game. Dude, yeah. that, was so, that was so much fun yesterday. Isn't it fun as shit? That was for a great real. time. It was. Atlanta Um, one two
2: i saw three to one
0: three to one and the one that they 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 scored so we were sitting on like we were sitting to like we were on the left side of the field if you if you walk in in looking stadium with the left side of the field but we were like the first row on the banister so like we could see everything super well down at our goal could you hear them talking to each other yeah well yeah of course and then um down below like the first goal that atlanta scored was it was on like this weird breakaway. And like in that three or four seconds, the crowd fucking went wild. Yeah, it, just, and, like, it it's, was
2: the crescendo during a hockey or during a soccer match is just incredible because like you could see it comes like, oh, what?
0: <laughs> and it was it was insane. And then DC scored one and pure silence. <laughs> pure silence. Fucking crickets. <laughs> not, not one DC fan was there. I thought about being the one guy, but I was wearing an official like I, I bought an don't official. Do I've done that Atlanta Ooh, jersey um, oh, my but my. it was a lot of it was that was a lot of fun. And I didn't know how cheap things were at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's really so I found out the the reason why is because they they used a ton of city money to build that. But with the yep. promise that it's very affordable to everybody.
2: Yeah, but you, you'll so, you'll see a lot of the larger venues like Mercedes and uh, where Chicago plays. They play in Soldier Field during off vents, you know instead of like the nfl games which is primarily what it's built for a lot of the stuff is significantly cheaper because it's hard to fill those large cavernous stadiums even if you have like a like a you know anywhere like lower bowl filled with uh in atlanta you know where it's still like 25 30 000 people the stadium's only at like Twenty, year like forty five percent capacity. So they try to they try to get everybody up and in there and get them a, a mm-hmm. good time. Now, if you go to Columbus, which is a a uh, a soccer only stadium built specifically for that, in that alone, it is can be very expensive very yeah. quickly.
0: So well, I mean, a hot dog was a dollar fifty, a beer was two bucks, and these are like fresh off the tap beers. And then at halftime, because they they don't want to have inventory, so they everything nope. went down in price. So a hot dog was a dollar, like. So I had I I, I had a beer. I'd eat for a
2: fucking dollar.
0: (laughs) I had I had two hot dogs, two beers, and nachos for under ten dollars. You believe that? Like, you know, how much that would cost you at a movie theater? That'd be like I would have just drank eleven beers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and a bottle of water. All all under ten bucks. I just I couldn't believe it. How cheap that stuff is there. But it was it was a good time. I really enjoyed myself. happy that they
2: won you had a good experience soccer games are they're a hell of a good time you know i watched uh watch columbus last night live from my couch there you go was awesome you know they were tied 1-1 in the 92nd minute and the guy from columbus kicked it 58 yards into the other net he uh (laughs) got the ball had a breakaway and just duped it over the goalkeeper's head from across midfield all right (laughs) it was incredible (laughs) probably not for that guy though no no for that guy's (laughs) Yeah, super, super disappointed well, about that. In the in, in the interview afterwards, one of the teammates is like, "Man, why'd you just go for it?" He's like, "I was too tired to run." Just... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's actually hilarious. No, it's fucking. Yeah it's, yeah, it's so degrading to the other team. <laughs> uh, Fuck it, man. I just, I'm tired. I'm so very tired. <laughs> I just want to go home. It's I wonder how much. Like...
0: I wonder how much Ted Lasso has done for increasing the visibility of soccer in, in this country as
1: a, as a sport.
2: I mean, to at
0: least put it in the periphery, a lot. Whether that ever equates
2: to anything besides televised viewing.
1: I don't know. Not much because it's on Apple TV. Oh, KO. Um, it's a so great all game. So all the MLS remote. games. So. <laughs> you know,
0: it must do quite well. Because, But I, I looked, when it said the scoring, all the teams, I didn't know, I had no idea that there were so many cities had teams. There's like 26 mm-hmm. teams in this. Yep, in this and country.
2: actually in the next Three or four years, there'll be three or four new teams all come in at the same time. So
0: good. That's you know that's good. I, I'm glad that soccer is getting more visibility in this country. Yeah, um, as it's football just... kind of declines a little bit, I saw that was plateauing in popularity as well. But I also so we, the thing we, with we, that
2: that's, that's kind of a double edged sword. There, so in game attendance is down, mm-hmm. viewership is at an all time high mm-hmm. because the, the it's so. Here, here's a good argument that we we never really have because we fight about going to movie theaters all the time. The experience at an NFL game is a hell of a good time. It is an extraordinarily expensive event to go to. It is. I can always sit in front of my couch and watch a 4K game, yep. and it's a as good or better experience than a, a sporting event for most things, too, so... That's a that's a weird thing that we don't ever talk about here, mm-hmm. is and that's why stuff like that's declining. Why you know why would I spend two hundred and fifty bucks for two tickets to go watch a game and it's twenty six degrees and raining? Yeah. fuck that noise. Mm-hmm. Oh look, you know here is another beer out of my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: So yeah, it's that's I you know I just revisited Concussion this week too. That's a hell of a movie. That I that was one of my first that was my first Sony movie. Um, and it's. I've forgotten how good Will is in that movie. Yeah, Not that we're talking boy. about the decline of football. Or I mean, I don't think it did football? what. I don't think it did what people thought it was going to do at the time it came out, and like they're like, oh, this is this is going to decrease football. I'm like, nah, I don't think you're. Will gonna- you teach me to football? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great movie though about Mike Webster, and then. Uh, bennett o'malu who actually founded that entire disease he, he he came up with it and found it and that's a great movie with like the power struggle between like the the, the nfl and the and the the, the medical um, associations in pittsburgh trying to keep it down and you know it, it was cast very well and it was it was a good movie yeah i know roger you watched that i, th- I yeah. know you were a Gosh, huge a fan of that one. one you ever watch that chris yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. pretty fucking depressing honestly. it is it is. <laughs>
0: it is it is especially the when you at like these bright. yeah yeah, yeah. I love what he like. The one thing that got me is like I didn't know this, and I I'd forgotten it because I hadn't seen concussion in a while. But when he when he he's showing when he's showing someone what it's like to get hit that hard, and he 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 puts a ball in a jar and fills it with water, and then he shakes it, and he's like, "Your brain's not connect anything. This is what happens every single time." I'm like holy cow, that's I can see how people get you know people might have some some trauma from that, some lingering trauma in the in the future from that. His that's, brain is broken. <laughs> Oh that's a hell of a movie, hell of a movie though. Um yeah, I revisited a lot of movies this week. Um I watched I remember rewatching Ozark also, which one of those movies, one of those shows that like man, it's just
2: <laughs> Did it not make you happy enough last yeah, right. time? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Well, I, yeah. I I I never finished I didn't I finished halfway through season two and I I, I didn't watch season three, so I kinda just started over. But I'm now sure I... an
1: Ozark aficionado. Right? I, I love I love me some Ozark. God, yeah, very it's... very good
0: and Jason Bateman is just he's so good, just on a different level. He's just on a I, different fucking
1: level. I can't imagine anyone's playing that role beside Jason Bateman at this point. Like I just I can't see it. I know there's plenty of gifted actors, you know, big talent, but just something that just his at, his attitude and demeanor in that role is just it just fits him pretty perfectly. So I do I do Oh yeah,
0: it does. And then much. it's it's just like I mean Ozark doesn't exist without Breaking Bad, but it's it's the same kind of principles. Like when you're watching sure. Breaking Bad or Ozark, you're just watching Walter White or Marty Byrd stay one step ahead of the people that are looking for any excuse to kill him.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird because you cheer for Marty and cheer for Walter White, but like they're terrible people. Oh, yeah. Like well, they're the worst people. Yeah. I don't think uh, the only Marty, thing, the only the only scale you get is because there's shittier people than them in their world, and you're like, "Oh no, Marty, what have you done?" Yeah, well, yeah. I, I
0: don't think Walter White's way worse than Marty Bird, but Marty Bird's also acting like <sighs>
1: God, Marty does some fucked up. Well, work, he gets some
0: people killed, like he, he does, he does, More but than it's
1: some. I <laughs> I I, I had, <laughs> of, what, what, what's it. South Colum- like Colombians, yeah, I don't yeah, know. migrant workers? Or... Yeah, oh God, yeah. <laughs> But like he's, I mean, hey, he's
0: trying have to
2: have been standing there.
0: He's just trying to protect his family. I get that. But yeah. And then that, that the last episode of the first season when he's getting his toenails rip, ripped off. <laughs> mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't. I was, I had to like stop. I had to pause it and just like walk around for a sec. Because like just watching that happen, even though I know it's like VFX, visual effects. Like he's just imagining my
1: toenails being ripped off. Oh my God. So, so let me ask you, you watched an entire first season of Ozark at least, right? I so did. Uh, did you ever catch up on Arcane or uh, Cyberpunk?
0: No, they're on my You're list. Giant. You're
1: a giant piece of crap.
0: They're on my list, though. They're on my list. They
1: released, a, they're talking about an expansion for Cyberpunk. I know. I announced of, today. Yep, 100%. It's, it's huge. Yep. So there's that. It's fine. Um, so there's that. So well, segue from Jason Shazard. Bateman.
2: Um, mm-hmm. I was watching, I was flipping through the channels yesterday before the start of the Columbus game that I was talking about. Um, and on ESPN News, for whatever reason, they were replaying some dodgeball event. Yeah. And <laughs> I watched that for a while going <laughs> And the guy made a reference to there's no Gary Cole and Jason Bateman here today to call this match. And I, I laughed. Yeah, you know, yeah. Good for he
1: gets it. Yeah. He gets it. Did you guys watch anything else? Uh, I with I'll, I'll answer I'll answer that question. Chris, uh, did you watch anything this week? I weekend? did. I watched um I rewatched Free Guy with my wife. She had never seen it. No, really. It's better it's better the second time around for me. There's like, a lot of stuff that you missed the first time. I would I just I was just I knew I enjoyed the movie the first time and then you know watch i wasn't sure like it was it it rides a fine line if like if i think she's gonna like it or not and like she's quiet the whole time she she seems to be like you know enjoying it she chuckled a few times at the end of it she's like that was really good like she's like super excited about it it was a good good movie though so a free guy when we talked about it i I still think about it free guy didn't
2: have any reason to be as good as it was like it it had every opportunity to fail and just never did and that was very very you know good on their part to be able to navigate what could have been a disaster of a movie yeah Still turn out to be well. Very,
0: very good. I think Ryan Reynolds is part of that magic, though. I really do oh, think Ryan course. Reynolds is, but in in, in the same Chain way that
1: Tatum is the best part of that movie. <laughs> Tatum is Chain Tatum is a great part. No, uh, actually, dude is the best part of that movie. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris Coach Evans. Face. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget.
0: <laughs> I know Chris Evans is in there with the shield, and he has someone has a lightsaber. I think somewhere yeah. in there, but <clears throat> but that's the same way that like only Ryan Reynolds can make that one movie. What's that one movie on Netflix where? Him and Mark Ruffalo and his like him and his younger self and his dad. What's that movie? The Adam
2: Project. The oh, Adam yeah, Project. Yeah,
0: yeah. Only he makes that movie work too, though. That movie doesn't work without Ryan Reynolds or someone like Ryan Reynolds. There's only like three options you can do to cast that role, but mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds is just some of the magic that makes so many movies work. They shouldn't work, but they do. You and three guys. Reynolds one of
2: movie. Watch
1: Buried.
0: Oh, that's one I that's when I watched or listen to quite frequently. Yeah, it's just it's it's him I in a casket where,
1: he, where he's in the casket.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and... It's and depressing I, as fuck, it's yeah. It's just him in a casket in Iraq, and he's talking to someone on the phone. Yep. The, that ending is... Oh, depressing. my gosh. <laughs> that ending when he's... Spoiler. when. Oh, my goodness. When they're like, we we found you, we found you, we're we're coming, and he doesn't hear digging, and then, then they open the crate, and it's like, it's not you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the time runs out, and oh, man, that's such a devastating ending. Yep. But,
2: Fun family film. Oh yep, buried. Yeah,
0: there's... <laughs> There's that one and there's there's also the wall that I watch a lot with um Aaron Taylor Johnson and John Cena, who are two snipers pinned down by um a sniper in the Middle East, and like him and the sniper in the Middle East have a conversation like, it's just like a an hour and twenty minute conversation back and forth about what they're doing in each other's country and how he's gonna kill him, and <clears throat> he doesn't make it out. Spoiler, he doesn't, but it's a very riveting and so is that movie with Army Hammer, uh mine where he stepped on a mine and he has to survive like 56 hours for the convoy to come get him. But that one's got, that one's got a lot different. That one's got like a whole other slew of stuff going on. Like he's imagining like the whole night in shining armor mode motif with the, with his woman back home played by Annabelle Wallace. There's a lot of really great magic with that movie too. But that's, I like the movies where like one person is like phone booth. Someone is forced to stay in one place and the movie has to happen around that place. And I, I always think it's because it, it forces creativity with the writers and it forces creativity with with shot selection. And it just it forces creativity when there's obviously not when there's ordinarily not that much creativity in those certain things. It's okay. interesting that you brought up phone booth because we never talk about phone booth. <laughs> yeah. <enough>. yeah. <laughs> it's never mentioned booth. here. I love phone we booth. Do, we man. know, buddy. We I know. <laughs> that's one I listen to just like God like twice
1: a week. I love that uh, movie so
2: much. I also have been watching piecemealed uh avatar two again okay, because yeah. it is on rotation on max okay. right it, now. It's also on Disney Plus, alright. It's yeah, also on Disney it's Plus. There. It's yeah. there. So if it's on and I just flick it on for a few minutes or whatever and I forgot how good it looked. It still does look very, very good. Even though the more I watch it the the worse off I'm starting to think that story probably is. Yeah. Um but I mean Still decent movie, so yeah. Percent. I mean, it, it, better than a five.
1: You know? No, that's, so. that's true. That's I
2: would true. disagree with it was you. A, I don't was think it's a big deal.
0: I don't think it's anywhere near as. I, I think the story's pretty strong. Mm. Well, okay, maybe not as strong as we as I want it to be, but that part, there you go. like there's there's like a twenty minute stretch, or like maybe even a thirty minute. stretch. I mean, there's you some given, good parts of Avatar. Right. Don't get me wrong. Given James Cameron's, probably more like a forty five minute stretch though of when he loses his son and then him and his wife have to like, and then the teary, he's like, you can't, he's like, I I don't need you to mourn right now. I need you to fight. We have to fight or we all die. Like, that's a great, that sequence is great. And like the, the the choreography in that sequence is fucking wonderful. And I don't know how they've done this, but they Quaritch, Colonel Quaritch is going to be in the next three movies and he's died twice now. (laughs) He didn't die. Oh, he didn't, he didn't die in this movie. I forget. Yeah. I don't. It's been a while since I've seen it. Well, I mean, when a movie's <laughs> six and a half hours long, you tend to yeah, lose some it, details. It, it's easy to forget. Well, he certainly died in the first one, shot with one of those big ass arrows. But and then they yep. kind of they brought him, they regrew him with the DNA. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to re- revisit that one. Um, it's you know the whole three hour escapade of that one. Mm. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah. right, let's jump into the episode, gentlemen, shall we? After 17 minutes of blithering on. All right, this is episode three hundred and thirty-four of
2: directly into Spider-Man time. Shame on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is episode three hundred and thirty-four of Ford Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday and Friday at five AM on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week we start with the box office current and upcoming releases, what streaming, trailers, and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's jump into the box office. Now I'm excited to see that Transformers: Rise of the Beast is number one with 60.5 million domestic this week, bringing its worldwide take to just 79. Though that's a little disappointing. Well, it but then only again, opened
1: here yeah. in one other territory. Yeah, or something. yeah I was gonna yeah. say it's not, it's not, in, it's not worldwide yet. Yeah. Well, that's
0: really good then for it's for um, uh, here the d- domestic in one other territory.
1: Yeah, so far we've paid for the film. That's it basically.
0: Spider-Man into the Spider, or sorry, across the Spider Verse, fifty-five point four million, number number two spot, bringing in a worldwide of three hundred and thirteen. That's also about hundred million shy of where I wanted it to be at this point. This movie it deserves. Was, it, it was
2: in contention for number one for the second
1: weekend, yeah, which would it, have been incredible, it, especially against Transformers. Transformers yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's still increasing estimates though. Like it, it's it's still pushing the the needle to where people think it's going to end up. So that's a good thing. As long talk as it hits half Spider Man's
2: money when we're into the movie, but there's reasons why it doesn't perform yeah. as well.
0: That movie deserves to be at least a five or six hundred million dollar take. It Come certainly on. deserves every bit of that. The Little Mermaid number three, twenty two point eight million, bringing its worldwide take to four hundred fourteen million. We talked about that one last week. If you're interested, check that conversation out. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three, seven million additional this week, bringing its worldwide to 805.
2: I wonder who's still going to Guardians
1: when Spider-Verse and Transformers is I'll out. Be like, I'll that's be a- I'll the be a- same audience. I'll be able to answer the Spider-Verse question for you, actually, once we get to the movie, because I know I know why it's not making as much money. So, We'll, fine. Right, we'll
0: s- save that when we get there. The Boogeyman. 6.8 million, bringing it worldwide to 39.6 million. Not, not a bad take, but not a strong showing for a Steve, uh, Stephen King adaption either. I, I expected better from Stephen King adapt. They've already got the next three adaptions lined up. I saw an article on one of the sites that he he already has another three line, lined up. Jeez. So, 6 through 10, Fast 10, the Super Mario Brothers movie about my father, the machine, and past lives. That's 6 through Let's see where Fast is sitting at.
2: Give me the next uh, Stephen King as Billy Summers. That'd be fucking awesome.
0: Because that movie, or that book, owns. Fast 10 is sitting at 652. That's about where I thought it was going to be after the third week. So that, that about I mean, it's already sense. available. It is, yeah. To, uh, to rent. For VOD, to, yeah. yeah. The Super Mario Bros. movie is at 1.314. That's not bad at all. That's still making some money. That made another 2 million, 2.1 million this week. So I I believe that
2: it hits physical media
0: this week it it, it already did a lot of people are showing videos like box openings of the yeah it's yeah it already is it's already out there it's definitely already out there but another that's a strong showing for it being available everywhere to buy and still making 2.1 million that's pretty good all right let's switch gears a little bit sorry for the sounds let's talk about some upcoming releases we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this nothing has changed a whole lot but This Friday, Transformers Rise of the Beast and a ton of stuff on VOD and some streaming services. June 16th, The Blackening, Pixar's Elemental and The Flash. June 23rd, God is a Bullet, No Hard Feelings, Past Lives Goes Wider. June 30th, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. And then the Friday, July 7th, is Insidious, The Red Door and Joyride. July 12th, which is a Wednesday, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which is going to just Whatever steam the Indiana Jones have, that's going to just swallow it up. Bold of, you, bold of you to assume it'll have steam. <laughs> July 14th, that's it has no theatrical on July 14th. It was supposed to be Mission Impossible, but they moved it up to two days. And then July 21, Barbie and Oppenheimer and Cobweb. July 28th, Disney's Haunted Mansion and Talk to Me. August 2nd, Harold and the Purple Crayon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mutant Mayhem. And August—that's a Wednesday. And August fourth, which is a Friday, the Meg to the Trench and Till Death Do Us Part. And we'll just stop right here. At Grand why Turismo. Why is there a Wednesday release then? Is I that
1: probably, a holiday yeah. or some shit?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't know why they would do the Wednesday.
1: I mean, all right. What's the date? August. The uh,
0: Wednesday the second, which is August.
1: August second. I'll look real quick.
0: And then August fourth. There's two new two new movies to come out. That it's two two days later. August eleventh, Gran Turismo and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. That's where we'll stop. But uh, a kind of an action-packed summer. We'll, we'll although wouldn't it be kind of funny if like none of them did great? They all just did mediocrily. You know, that's kind of how well, it I mean. Tends to there's be. a couple of big ones still coming. You know, obviously with
2: Mission Impossible, Barbie, and, um, and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah, absolutely. There's at least some quality to be there. Now, listen, we know Mission Impossible will make a bunch of money as well as probably being quality. I don't know what kind of money Barbie and Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer are going to pull in off each other, but. I mean, from all I hear for both movies, is they're supposed to be pretty goddamn good, yeah. which is, you know, it's refreshing, you know, to get some big popcorn,
1: move, you know, popcorn summer and yeah, but quality. That, I think the big problem with Barbie is going to face it's 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 that how many how many how many guys you're going to get to go see that movie that you know either a you know agree to go with their girlfriends that it's just it's just not going to be for them or you know they're going to go solo. You know what I mean? It's not going to sure. be much.
2: Well, yeah, you won't get you listen. Here's the thing, though, with Barbie is by if watching the trailers, I mean, they're it's clear that they're trying to be like, hey, look, this is going to be funny. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so yeah. we'll see if that. It's going to be it's going to be a big date movie. I think it's going to be about all it all it really does, though. So look at it, Ryan Gosling's abs again. It's a date movie. You know what I mean? So it's frosted hair. I get it. <laughs> I know the appeal for us. Just say it. <laughs> is talking about yourself roger <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed sir yes you're indeed. saying things out loud again that oh, damn it. <laughs> all
0: right let's talk about some what streaming this week we're starting over with our rotation and going to netflix a movie i love to champion and i will champion this movie at all times i think it's a fucking 10 in the 90s legends of the fall by director edward zwick brad pitt anthony hopkins aiding quinn julia ormo 1994 this is a movie. This is a very. This is a massive scope, epic. One of the last epic. We don't have epics anymore. We don't. We the nineties was the end of the epic, but well, um. I no I, I mean as as we, as we define we them. Watched
2: two third, we watched
1: one third of an epic this week. <laughs>
0: that's no, trilogy, that's, that's not that's yeah that's a trilogy. I mean I he wouldn't means, call that a.
1: He mean means a movie that spans three and a half hours and blah blah blah. How about well, no, two uh, hours
2: and fifteen minutes in like the multiverse?
1: Mm.
0: you you know what i'm talking about you're just being content you know what i'm talking about let's talk about legends of the fall for one second edwards wick is a man who made we talked about glory a few weeks ago um edwards wick has made some damn good movies and he's a guy who understands large scale i mean glory uh, legends he is glory legends of the fall blood diamond um oh there's another big one i'm thinking about in there too that i can't think um I can't think of it, but there's like, there's four or five movies that he understands. Oh, Last Samurai. Again, one of those movies that had, it was just, that movie's amazing. The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, but he understands how to make these set pieces in time, focusing on little snapshots of American history or, you know, putting people from American history into another culture's history. And he knows how to do it very well. Uh, He's a director who I will always watch. Uh, I will go without any questions asked. And uh, Legends of the Fall is no different, especially you know, Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, father, son, Aiden Quinn is the as the third brother who's kind of just always been he's the oldest brother but always been behind the Brad Pitt character who's the more he's the he's the the kind of the brother who doesn't have his life together but the one that everyone kind of gravitates the story gravitates around and the you know, the others can't figure out why but you know it's a it's a this is a sweeping epic, uh, romance, huge score. It just it's set to the backdrop of World War One wonderful set pieces, just awesome. And it's just a movie that's great to listen to. And it's just... It's at the end of an era. The The 90s was absolutely the, the end of the big, sweeping, epic era. And I mean, there's arguments to that. I just... The way I see films is that's just the end. I don't see many like that anymore. That's why I'm so driven to movies like uh, Blood Diamond and Last Samurai. They're both Wick movies. is because they just... They scream 90s to me. I mean, they're they're both, you know, one's 2004, one's 2006. But they both, I mean, they're both kind of made from the end of an era in the same way. It's just, we just don't get movies like Legends of the Fall or First Night or, you know, Glory. We just don't get them anymore. We've moved, we've evolved past them in that kind of filmmaking. It's, it's just, it's a shame because it's, there's something to be said for the grand, you know, the, the, the Bravehearts, the Gladiators, the Rob Roy's. We've just moved past them, and it's a shame because those are great for the people who love them. They're great, but it's just they're also very expensive, and I understand that. And, you know, extras now make more than they ever have, and you need tons of extras for those kind of movies. The, the, the cost of making the, of period piece somewhere is just it's so fucking expensive these days. But, and for movies that aren't making a huge return, that's a deterrent for a lot of producers, and I get that. But if you have Netflix, you've, you've not seen Legends of the Fall. God damn! That's a movie. That is a movie.
2: Well, Edward Zwick has a a lot of movies, not just that he was directly involved in, but like he's a producer on a lot of big stuff too. So he's he's got his hands in a lot of big stuff. He hasn't made a movie in quite a while now, though. So there's that.
0: Well, he has something in the pipeline. Um, rumors are, but I don't. No one knows what it is. I th- I think he's got a period piece in the pipeline that no one quite knows much about. But I'm excited for that. I am definitely excited for that. But. Let's switch gears a little bit. Chris, A Man Called Otto, a very recent movie by director Mark Forster, Tom Hanks, Mariana Trevino, Cameron Britton, Rachel Keller, 2022. Tell us about it.
1: So I saw this movie popped on Netflix and I almost I almost suggested to watch it with my wife. I don't know if I'm ready to rewatch this movie yet because this movie actually uh, hit hit me on an emotional level, but that's why it's good. The movie is it's very simple and straightforward. It's not a long movie. It's very charming the characters you meet all play, you know, a like a very specific role in this man's life uh auto as he's kind of, you know, nearing the uh, what he what he believes is the uh the end of his life after his wife passes. And the movie does a good job of just being simply charming all the way through and it reminded me a lot of uh, a lot of one of my grandfathers. So yeah, I th- I think this movie is a good watch for anybody that wants to see a good character piece uh something you know with you know just some charm and it's a very easy watch i i, I like a man called auto
0: that's a, it's a we it's a different approach too because it's he attempts to kill himself several times and is interrupted yeah. by the story of course several times but it's it's kind of in a it's done in like a i, now I know this is going to be weird to say and i don't mean for it to come off as contentious but it's kind of done in a charming way each time like, the, like the, the the people in his life intervene at just the right moment that he has to stay around just to solve one more problem. And then in the end, of course he sticks around because he's grown in love and fall in love with his family. But it's also, it's a much deeper story. And of course, Tom Hanks demands that he demands that better writing and that better backstory that makes a man called auto more interesting. It's also adapted from a book, but um, or other source material, but it's, Tom Hanks is what makes that movie, you know, but that's no secret to anyone. Well, Tom yeah, Hanks is,
1: that's yeah. why you cast someone like Tom Hanks in your movie.
0: Absolutely. So. Uh, that's all. That's also, we spoke very positively of a man called Otto. Yep. I remember speaking very positively of that yep. one. So yep, we all like that. And uh, a, a movie that, that, that lives in, 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 legend for a lot uh, of people, the best movie <laughs> of the three Mean <laughs> girls, <laughs> By director Mark Waters, Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, Tina Fey, Tim Meadows, Amy Poehler, Lacey Chathbert, Lizzie Kaplan, Amanda Seyfried, Neil Flynn, 2004. Roger, tell us about it. Look, Mean Girls is still still
2: funny as shit. Yeah. Like, it just is. Like, this movie came out in, like, 2004, and it shouldn't have been as good as it is, but, like, it's legitimately hilarious because it's about, you know, girls in high school and... Being mean to each other, and as weird as it is to think that, like, that's high comedy, it's clever as hell. I thought it was older than 2004. It's only 2004. But here's the thing, though. You say that, that shit turns 20 years old next year, buddy. (laughs) I thought it was already
1: that old. That was a thing. Jeez.
2: (laughs) But, yeah, uh, like, it's clever. It's funny. It's very well written, and... For all the people that are in it, they all play their role so very well, and there's a lot of really famous at the time that were like young and upcoming female actresses that have all gone on to be like big big stars. So
0: like, like, Rachel McAdams is absolutely, you know, she's she's a tour de force.
2: So Amanda Seyfried's in that Amanda movie. Amanda Seyfried, Lacey Cuthbert, um, yeah, of course. Um, oh, Tim Meadows is hilarious. That movie. Yep. Yeah, it's just
0: it's one of those movies that okay, seventeen million dollar budget made hundred and thirty million in 2004. When he's
2: standing in the the sprinklers going off, and he's standing there at a wife beater in a base with a baseball bat, <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious.
0: And then when he's in the classroom, and he keeps talking about Tina Fey's breasts, like that's mm-hmm. also awkward and hilarious. And one of my favorite moments is when she's like, "Let's let's welcome our newest our, our newest student from Kenya," and she looks at. Uh, a black student and she's like, hi. And she's, and the girl's like, I'm from Brooklyn. And then <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie Lohan's the girl that moved from Kenya, I'm which from I thought is hilarious. But yeah, um, that movie's, it really didn't have any business making as much money as it did or anything else. But I mean, that's what good writing and that's what very clever writing does for a movie. Is it, and it, because it, everything in that movie is just, it, it all kind of swirls around this wonderful little, movie that didn't it, it shouldn't have been as good as it was but it, it turned out to be amazing and it, there there are several sequels to mean girls that all went to streaming services or dvd but are there really i had that, no idea about straight
1: to dvd on some of those man <laughs> that's have you a, seen them i've seen one of them
0: i know they i know they exist i haven't seen them but I, I know that they exist
2: well it's like aren't there like 11 american pie movies or yeah, some shit because of that, that yeah, yeah
1: i've God, seen a lot so of those too, though. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, uh, my best friend growing up was huge into transformers and american pie like those are the two like he's he we would watch those on repeat is it me are you talking about me
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh close close you, you you two probably get along pretty well yeah it yeah, sounds yeah.
2: like he has impeccable taste
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still contend that the first
0: American Pie is the best, or the first three. If you're going to say, I mean, they really go on. Well, the, all all of those you like. Well, you know what? what? Uh, well, I think as a whole, all four movies are excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
1: can't <laughs> say the first one's the best one. Then they go well, all three really
0: well, but they're just an extension of the first one. But the first one did yeah. a lot for like. I that, think they're
2: all pretty good.
0: But it was know? it yeah. was in that same. It was in that same time as like road trip, and like yeah, it was that like the rated R comedy, aimed at R rated comedy yeah. Yeah. three
1: is American is is American Wedding, right? American yeah. Wedding, yeah, yeah. But that was also like <laughs> that was that, like that was more of a. Yeah.
0: I love when Stifler dancing with that guy in the club. Like mm-hmm. that's amazing, magical. <sighs> yeah, that's a American Pie two is the one I remember the least of. So yeah.
2: American Pie two is the one that has like a seminal moment in my mind when Steve Stifler is. On the back of the Bronco, standing up, like coming into town, he's just like pounding on. He's like, "Suck my ass, and lick my balls, town. <laughs> Stifler's here." <laughs> it's the unleashing
0: of Steve Stifler. <laughs> there's a um, there's a vignette that he does on YouTube and in an interview he did, you know, 20 years later for the American Pie. Also, there, there he's was a one super
2: that... weird dude on I've the... yeah, I've
0: actually met him. I, I met him when I worked on that movie or that show, Welcome to Flatch in Wilmington. He's very. He's not. Like I thought he was going
1: to be. He's very well spoken. He's, he's not v- Steve Stifler. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> that's no, a- he's not. And that, 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 thats one of his biggest complaints is that you know it—it kind of locked him into not getting a, not getting. Yeah, but he's he serious. Yeah.
0: yeah, but also like Steve Stifler made him.
1: True, you know, like- <laughs> and there's no, there's there's nothing wrong with, with acknowledging that you know even on his end, but I, I can understand why he, someone, you know, almost in their fifties probably doesn't want to be Steve Stifler for his entire career. You know what I mean? No, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, you 46 46-year-old Steve Stifler. Where's that
1: yeah. fucking gotcha? Wedding Crashers. Shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I think about those movies very fondly because, like, they were, I was right. I mean, they aimed for, like, when they came out, Roger and I, we were we were the, like, the, the, the pinnacle age oh, group. I Demo, like, yeah. The target was... Demo for that. Like, you know, all those movies, like Road Trip, America Pie, they, they don't really have the same resonation with you. They don't really re- resonate with you unless you were in, like, the high school slash early college kind of and i I don't mean for it to be such a long timeline but like you really had to be like the end of high school and beginning of college for those to really hit you the way that they did that was a very special time growing up for me too it was like the late 90s very early 2000s It was like that was awesome i loved it all the movies and then we've gone downhill since the, (laughs) the movies if you ask me but absolutely all right let's um so that's what's available if you have Netflix. You can take a look at Legends of the Fall, A Man Called Otto, and Mean Girls. What a different kind of movie what a spread that right? is! Yeah, but it's a good spread. It's that they're all they're all very all good, good movies, movies for their own, yeah. For, yeah, all very their own watchable
1: movies.
2: movies. If you have six
1: hours to watch Legends of the Fall, of course. True. Yeah, I mean it, it is an epic. So
0: it is. All right, let's talk about some trailers quickly. The Outlaws: Adam Devine, Ellen Birkin, Michael Rooker, um, Pierce Brosnan, Dina Debrov, Richard Kine, Julia Haggerty. It's a feature on Netflix coming
1: out July seventh. I think this is an example of good trailer, probably a bad movie though. hundred percent, this one I don't know, man. I
0: agree with you, but Adam Devine, I like him a lot, so I'll go along with it. And of like course, Adam I don't
2: really, really like him that much no. either. Yeah, I'm not. I, I always feel I like, like he's him. trying too hard.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's but I, I think that's kind of like that's him, like kind of him. I, yeah. I like that, but like that's the same. I like Adam Devine the same way I like Vince Vaughn back in the day. Is like Vince Vaughn had that fast well, talker he's... asshole kind of thing about him Adam divine's not quite but he has the same kind of stereotypical role that he plays
2: so the only time i've ever seen adam divine not play adam divine in something is his role in righteous gemstones oh god and he's which that. which is <laughs> okay sidebar for two seconds the righteous gemstones is some of the funniest shit you will ever watch on tv incredible show watch that yeah. and then then you could talk about Adam Devine. <laughs> other than that, though, every other role Adam Devine plays the same character. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, it's, he's getting paid for it. So, yeah, I blame it, him. It, yep. I mean, he also had... Pierce Brosnan, still incredibly <laughs> handsome.
0: <laughs> handsome son of a bitch. You know, when I was watching the trailer, I thought for sure when they say when when Adam Divine turns around with the gun and says, <clears throat> "Who do I look like?" and someone says, um, "James Bond," and, and he says, "Which one?" It's, and Ellen Birkin says the fifth one. I thought that was good. Like, wouldn't that have been great if it was Pierce? But the fifth bond, I think, is Daniel Craig. Mm. So that was, I thought, like, why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you have said the Pierce Brosnan one?
2: I actually laughed out loud when he was stumbling up the stairs.
0: That was funny. Again, good trailer. Good trailer here. Yep. I do, know. I just, I love, the the one movie I love, I love Jexy, even though it's a bad movie, I just think that movie's fucking, terrible. Yeah, but it's funny, and it's funny in so many inappropriate ways, and it's, 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 it's Rose Byrne as Jexy, I think that's fucking hilarious, and Adam Devine, just like, a, it's just like a, a sweet little layer on top of the cake for me, but also there's that, um, when we first met, it's kind of like a groundhog day with being with, the, like, he keeps trying to go, he keeps like, he has this thing where he can keep reliving the same day, but he's trying to make, relationship work but every time another guy gets in the way and ends up with the girl and it's like it's that's such a great little piece for adam Devine that i just i wish he had more of that but i, I don't really know what i think of this i think this is this is a funnier trailer than it is going to be movie i think
1: there you go yep
0: i think yep. Chris, you hit it right on the head i, I don't think the movie is going to be as funny as the trailer makes it out to be but it's got a good cast so if nothing else it'll be you know we, we look at pierce brosnan for 90 minutes
1: I mean, you say good cast, but it has it has Adam Devine and you know Pierce Brosnan. Uh, that's the cast. I don't know if that's a great cast. Well,
0: Richard Kind is he's kind of one of those forgotten people. Um, Ellen Birkin, isn't. She's not a lot of people know who she is, but she's good. She's good, and of course, um, what's her face from uh, Nina Dubrev, She's she's good too. She's not in a lot of stuff, but she's she's okay. Um, but I, I'm kind of luke, lukewarm on this. I'm already lukewarm on Netflix movies because Netflix tends to not because it's made by Netflix and they just tend to not care about the final product and just get it out. But let's talk about "Sympathy for the Devil." Nicholas Cage, Joe Kinnaman. I thought this was appropriate for this week because we're talking about the old way. Also, Chris, Cage, do you want to
1: go ahead and I am I, I am ready for this movie wholeheartedly. I think when Nick Cage gets to play a twisted demented off his rocker bad guy i think that is his exact element it reminds me of uh of when he played uh in face off this is i think this is gonna be (laughs) i think this is gonna be either pretty good or really bad or the two ways it'll go so his hair is incredible (laughs) why does it look red in some frames but brown in other i don't know yeah
0: is he like i don't understand is nick cage can is he just when he does a movie he's like no i don't want this movie to be good it's got to be bad. Do you think this is going to be bad? Uh, yes. Do you not?
2: What? He's just laughing to himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I look. I don't know what I. I mean. Look, How it could be great, you? and I, I hope it is. But I, that one movie, what was Renfield? I watched that recently too, and that was not great with him oh, and it's Aquafina. We- it, it,
1: it's weird that that a vampire movie with Nick Cage in it might not be good. <laughs> Well, but you remember how you expected that. Well, it's like, but they put
0: a ton of money into it though. That was not a small budget either. It's so. like a cowboy
1: movie with Nick Cage might be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like saying the same damn thing. Touche, touche. So oh. let's talk
0: about another one real quick. Let's talk about The Expendables 4 with Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Megan Fox, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa, Randy Couture and Andy Garcia. Do we did, did, did we need this? No. I didn't even think we like, we needed the three. I think we didn't need this one, and this one's gonna make no money. The first Expendables made great money, and it was it was okay. It was fun because it brought you you know the shtick of the Expendables was all those '80s action guys and '90s are in one movie kicking ass. You know, Terry Crews was they're all shooting big guns at people, and it's like none of them ever die, but they're blowing stuff up. Like great, Expendables two comes along, makes a whole lot less money. Doesn't I mean it's just more it's just an extension of the Expendables. Expendables 3 comes along very wisely, brings on Mel Gibson as the villain because everyone loved to hate him at that point. But he actually he actually outacted everyone in that movie by, I mean, when he was on the screen, Mel stole the show. And like, I am the hag. Like come come on. I
1: mean just cheesy as hell, but loved I it. And then did we need this? Absolutely not. I'm convinced at this point that the Expendables scripts are just when the Fast and Furious writers get together in their room and do their lines of their rails of cocaine. And just throw out ideas. The ones that don't make it past the first check go to to be rewritten as as an expendable script.
2: So they drop a whole scene. It just ends up in the Expendables. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, hundred percent. That's, well, that's if all. You'll, this is. If you'll notice,
0: right. the, the 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 roster is a lot less in this movie. So I did Terry, notice that. Yeah, yeah. Terry Crews didn't come back. A couple other guys didn't come back. Well, the guys so Harrison Ford didn't come back. Like, you know, cut the I mean? like, money down. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Is like, is there? I mean, is there a story without? If, if you don't have everyone. What's the point of making an Expendables movie? I think that's the my question.
1: With, I think the problem with the Expendables, you know, series is that first time it was it was something different and then you have to keep building off of that and the charm is kind of it kinda of goes away, right? Yeah. It, it's just it's not the same as oh my god, all these guys are gonna be in the same movie together for the first time. And then it's like and then it happens again and it's less forgiving of you know you're you're less forgiving of like the mistakes or the things that are that don't go well or don't or like don't make it to screen that, you know, yeah, you're, you're right. Paper, and.
0: One the one last thing I'll say, and we'll move we'll move, move on as we're talking along in the tooth here is, I do so the stick of the first one was you got to see all of them together, and it was a pretty kick ass movie, a high budget, but you got to see awesome stars doing awesome things. You know, it's just I think of that one scene where Terry Crews is just moving slowly through the hallway, but he's shooting that automatic shotgun, which apparently can hold a thousand rounds, and never have to reload, but and he's just wasting he can hold dudes like, say, he's just yeah. wasting dudes, and then he ends up he he. He looks up with the shotgun, shoots at the tower, which then explodes for whatever reason. I don't know yeah, why, but like that's awesome. Yeah, and then yeah. the
1: second one, that's it what brought towers. Do yeah, and then and then, and then, and then the uh, the Rockstar Energy Drink logo plays in the background. Oh, of course, of course, it's like yeah. a shooting star, rainbow. Yeah, exactly.
0: But that was the one with the actual story. Like two and three didn't really have. But I thought it was clever how they brought on Jean Claude Van Damme, and his name was Villain, spelled V I L L A I, like spelled villain. Thought okay. I love this. I'm definitely excited for this. And the third one with, you know, Mel Gibson and it brought everyone back and it had, a, it had Glenn Powell, had a bunch of other younger Expendables. I'm okay with it. Glenn this one Powell to me... handsome. Handsome son of a bitch. Yeah, and this one to me, just like, I. this is going to yeah, come I'm out... Talking like this. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, this one's going to come out and it's just... it's 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 got a high budget and it's not going to make any money. And then that's going to be the, it. The Expendables are done after this one, which, you know, I'm okay with, but... All right. Also, so those trailers are available to check out uh, if you have not seen them. The Outlaws on Netflix, "Sympathy for the Devil," which is theatrical with Nicholas Cage and Joel Kinnaman, and the Expendables Four, which is an extent of exp- expansion of the other Expendables movies.
1: If we don't watch "Sympathy for the Devil" movie, I'm going to be mad at you guys.
0: All right, fair enough. Noted. Fine. Let's talk about the movie of the week that we're very excited to talk about: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Man, oh
1: man, am I hyped for this conversation? I feel like we need like 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 music from the soundtrack to play because hey, that's that's already a ten. Oh but. yeah, absolutely.
0: Yes, it is. <sighs> Tomato meter ninety six, audience score ninety five. Those are some pretty high numbers, boyos. Some pretty high numbers. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. Let's go over the roster here. Roster is big. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Haley Shami- Steinfeld. Oh, sorry. Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld, Gwen Stacy, which this is Gwen's movie. So
1: I, I, it's it, it's pretty evenly split, actually, which is the whole point of it.
0: All right. Jake Johnson as Peter B. Spar- Peter B. Parker. I, Oscar Isaac, who does fantastic as Miguel O'Hara. Sorry, I was throwing some shade at Oscar Isaac for a while, but I mm-hmm. take all that back. How
2: dare you? <laughs> is,
0: Issa Rae also kills it it's as a... One. As as Spider Woman Jessica Drew, um, Daniel Kaluuya also as Hobart Brown, Spider Horton
2: Savior Hobie. <laughs>
0: J- Jason Schwartzman also was hard for me to place as the Spot, um, Brian Dude, that's Tyree Sonic Henry. Sonic the Hedgehog baby, mm-hmm. it is it is, um, Brian Tyree Henry is as the as his father Just Luna dead. Luna, sorry Luna Lauren Ve- Velez Greta Lee Rachel Dratch Jorma Tacone, Shea Wiggum, Andy Samberg, directed by three. Um, Joachim Dos Santos, Justin K. Thompson, Kemp Powers, of course Stan Lee gets some credit for this, and writers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller with David Callaham. Roger, take your time on this one because there's a lot going on in this movie. What's going on in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse?
2: Oh man, I can't even sum this up. Um, so the, the short version of this movie is it picks up a while after um, but it's more than a year, right? More than a year after the original. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are on a mission to this little Spider-Man super team with uh, multiverse busting.
1: Was it a year? Or was it nine months? I think it's it, was, it, was, it was a year and four months since you said. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's it. That's more a than a year. Yep,
2: right there. Um, and, there's a bunch of spider people that are all connected through their little spider sense spider verse thing. And it's led by Miguel Spider-Man 2099. Um, he's kind of collecting people to like stop events and, you know, make sure people are in the right, right universe where they're supposed to be. Cause since the collider issue, things have been all jacked up. He's and-
1: created the, um, The Spider-Man version of the TVA, essentially.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah Yeah, from uh, from what he's talking about is the Loki show, the Time Variance Authority. So he's going through to make sure everything's cleaned up, and you know we run into some problems related to Miles because find out Miles is a bit of an anomaly. He's not supposed to be Spider-Man. He already had a Spider-Man
1: according to according to
2: him. Yeah, and uh, that story is how this all comes to fruition with uh, Miles figuring himself out Gwen figuring herself out other people learning about themselves. And I know that's a really shitty way to describe this movie, but like the scope of this movie is an incredibly large scale and it's really, really awesome to see it as, you know, a comic book yeah. because that's how they present us, just like the first one. And listen, I'm not going to harp on the first movie because listen, I've talked about it a hundred thousand times at this point as one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. This movie legitimately to me is at that same level on a larger scale. Okay, and yeah. just being able to say that statement is just a triumph for mm-hmm. these folks. Right? Because look, the soundtrack for this is incredible. The visuals for this are incredible. The story is incredible, and they could have cut corners and made it not as good, and they didn't. And I think that's a testament to these folks.
1: Actually, I think they had to cut corners. It's the sad part because I think there's a there's room for a few more story beats in here that like need, like feel like they almost need to be told, but I understand why they couldn't because of how much time is going into these you know these two parts one and two yeah so, so I, I get it so
2: i know what you're talking about a li- yeah. probably a little bit with the story beats but i think we might unravel some of that it's because possible. it is this is listen this is not a standalone movie no. i i don't i don't want to be like this isn't spider man 2 like this is not it this is a direct half of a movie
1: the disappointment anger and confusion that was my eight-year-old daughter when it it's ed- <laughs> to the screen she she looked at me and said what listen <laughs> and it ends strong oh it does. i mean it really strong it really does but it was just like she was like we have to wait to see the rest of it i said yep probably about probably about eight months nine months but <laughs> it's in march march of, march year, of 2020 right? march, yeah. march
0: 2024 so nine yep. months
1: yeah yeah, so it being in two parts, I know, is ruffling some feathers, you know, things like that, too. Because also, I think Sony didn't do a great job of kind of letting everybody know. I know at first they did, but then, like, they stopped talking about it being two parts. Wait, wait, um, wait, hold on, hold on. A bit do back. they do they have to let
0: people know?
2: I don't know if they have to, but I, I kind of understand from Christopher's, because, look, this movie is going to pull in a, la- a younger demographic, probably. Mm-hmm. So a lot of kids will be confused by that. Listen, as an adult who thinks this story is very compelling... Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed that I have to wait till. Much, yeah right. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you Give know, I now. get it. You want to know something? So sidebar for two seconds is I read an interview with uh, Haley Steinfeld, who is mm-hmm. Gwen. Yes. Um, she hasn't recorded her lines yet. Yep. Which is, mind blowing to <laughs> me. <laughs> She's like, no, we we haven't done much of the lines for for that yet, and I was like, wait a what? <laughs> But I mean, I guess is that normal for
0: animation? Is that normal? Here's the thing: I don't know.
2: Well, because look, this this is five years in between movies, and then we're getting two in less than you know twelve calendar months.
1: So I don't I don't know how they do it. I guess I just assume so that they would do some of it at the same time. It depends. So like, so like the only time you need to have the voice recording. In before the product in like before the animation is if you're making animation around the line. Yeah. However, if you're if you're giving lines to the animation, it doesn't matter. Well, in three
2: quarters of the people with the animation, you know, a movie like Shrek where they animate, um, you know, like Mike Myers's mm-hmm. face as Shrek, you don't really have to do that with a hand drawn style and. Most of the time, they're behind a mask. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say,
1: yeah. The other piece is that they're all masks, so you don't have to worry about matching their lips up with their yeah, it words. Yeah,
2: you so. don't have to sync it as
1: well. Yeah, so, so that, I, that I, makes I, sense. The fact that everyone's mask makes this much easier for them to kind of crunch in kind of li- these lines. You know, like how like, do you look cooler with a mask off? <laughs> I was always as cool. <laughs> yes. But yeah. So what? So uh, I mean, your, your synopsis, Roger, was actually pretty good. You know, to, to give an, an, an overarching idea without like going into. All the different elements at play because there are a lot, it's a lot of, of moving parts at here. play in this movie. Yeah,
0: quite a so, bit, Actually, I going into this uh, conversation, Chris and I had a conversation before we started, which was kind of my point of bringing it up in the first place. Was when you have animation versus live action, there are different considerations to be taken, especially with storytelling. Is you can do so much more. You there's no way you could have told this story live action. The, the closest it would have been can, incredibly difficult. One, look, money.
2: Well, look at Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. It's well, but, to... I mean,
0: they almost they kind of a, they kind of broached some of the subjects with the last Spider Man movie that had all three Spider Spider-Man in it. But um, it would have been tough to Don't do get with me the way started
2: with that idiot Doctor Strange. Says. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but there's it would have been difficult. I mean, given an unlimited budget, it can be done. And but there would have been a four hour. This this would have been a million a, a half billion dollar five hour movie. Dollar, yeah,
2: five yeah.
1: Hour movie. <laughs> It well, it, a, it, and I would it, watch it on day it one. It would have been a budget that made uh, James Cameron blush, hundred percent. Well,
0: it w- it would have been like Lion King, like two seventy five, three hundred million dollar budget. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if it, live action would have done this movie any service. I th- I think it's perfect the way it is, and I want to move into talking about. Let's start talking about the animation for one second.
2: Okay, is because how it's incredible f-
0: how fluid everything moves and how perfect everything looks at all times. Mm -hmm. and i want to just even like the even the incredible the incredible detail on their faces coming go going down to like the the the, the creases when they smile and like the under the eye things when they're doing different facial animations like it's just next level animation it's incredible
2: one thing i want to bring up it's something i talked about at length during the first time we ever talked about spider Verse is the fact that they draw this they animate this like it is a moving comic book yeah um so much so that in the same panel when you have multiple people multiple spider people from different universes they look like they're animated from their own universe and well i've already joked about hobie for a second but let's talk about his character right um how he's animated especially as spider punk hobie brown so hobie is in black and white and it's weird that he's in black and white except that it totally works in this because even when he's in a scene with everybody else when they're in like the lair mm-hmm. and you know they're having this conversation he, he looks completely different than everybody else animated in a completely different style and it still fits yeah. in that and it's to the testament to how like they weave this together uh, it's it's so impressive to me
1: well it, it like all the different art styles on, on screen at the same time really works for what you know what the movie's trying to get across is that like like each one of these spiders sp- spider men spider women people spider people they are unique to their own you know to their own timeline in one in one way shape or form I love the different the differences you get between each of like the universes you go to. Like Gwen's universe is, is so watercolored and yep. so washed away. Lots and, of
2: pinks and yellows mm-hmm. and blues. and, and neon and, almost yep. too.
1: But like, and, and it's all watercolored. But then they do a good job of introducing you to like to the different art styles when they bring in. Um, who was it, Vulture? Uh, that oh yeah, yeah, the, beginning. the
2: The Vulture from uh, whatever timeline. Yeah, he's where from. he's like he's
1: like parchment and paper style, su- which is like super jarring on the screen it comparatively. Looks incredible, but it looked, it looked very good in here, right? So like you know even to where like at first it's like oh god you know it sticks out but then by the by the mid scene it just you you know what you're in for and you're watching it and you're seeing everything and that actually enhances what they do because then whenever whenever the vulture does something like like throws a few grenades or pulls a rip cord that launches a grenade out, out the back of him you see every bit of it because mm-hmm. it, it pops up more on screen it's almost a way to highlight things without without like taking that cheap effect and like you know like just washing it all over so hey look at me but it's like yeah they're gonna do that for free so mm-hmm. that, you know the the audience knows where to look or they, they catch things that they might not have otherwise you know because like with everything happening on the screen at once you know he, he pulls that that cord and one grenade pops out the back you never see that if it was if everything was the same color same tone you know to, to fit a scene you'd never see that grenade yep. it wouldn't happen unless they like they like they in a cheap way highlight it for you mm-hmm or like, you know, the grenade comes off and then they, you know, the the scene cuts to like, you know, just a shot of a grenade and stuff like that. Well, they, they don't have to do that. They just get to have the different art styles highlight everything going on in front of you. And, you know, you see what's important all the time because everything like has its own little like highlight reel going. I thought that was really cool. That was a very neat effect that the whole film, like um, I love, and uh what, what was it? The uh, uh, Indian New York, or whatever it was, uh, wherever they go to. Um, uh, was it like Mumbai? M- Mumbai Hatton. Or- yeah, I love I like I the art style there. I think was bar none, like so well done and very cool looking to see on screen, and it just it it just fits the whole the whole way through as you get to go to these different places. So I I, I enjoy the art very much in this movie for multiple multiple facets. It's so good. Mm-hmm, and it agree. it
0: just looks it never doesn't look great even when they're moving super quick and everything's moving a million miles an hour on the screen and there's there's forty seven different spider people on screen it never doesn't look as good as it can and I think that's you know that's Sony man I really do think that's the high quality of Sony that brings that to the table and it's I mean Roger you famously tell that story about Chris Lord or Miller and Lord about how they were taken so, off of Solo
2: so yeah that is the so. Chris uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord um, have been, like everything they touch together as a team has been very good. Mm-hmm. And they got yanked off of Solo, which turned into a disaster of a film. And I always felt, and I still, and I mean this very seriously, I would have loved to have seen what they were, what vision they were trying to bring to this character. Because look, the version of that movie that we got was a train wreck. But like you tell me these dudes can't write a film? Like are like a film that has canon all around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look look at what they've done through two movies and use Spider-Man. You had fucking Han solo. And you you're like, no, it's too funny.
1: We can't do it. It's too funny. Imagine that's, imagine saying that. So
2: yeah. legitimately, that's why I said there was too much comedy. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on, man. Ah, man. It's it's that's disappointing, and that should that's an L for Star Wars, for
1: real. Well, yeah, I mean, and when you have a character that lends itself to, you know, like, to using the comedy in a way that can actually push the movie forward, I mean, Spider-Man is almost a perfect, is almost the perfect superhero to use to use the comedy with, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a line in the movie where you know, it's like, you know, he says, you know, it's funny, it's, you know, we're funny, it's what we do, but at the same time, Han, so- Han Solo is, is one of those characters where you could have sarcastic quips and humor. And like, like jokes, you know, like a joke on top of a joke within like, you know, back and forth snappy sentence. Because I feel like they button. do that very well. That's it. Yeah. But it's, it's like, it's like, I think that that would have been, that would have been nice to see in Solo. Anything would have been better what we got. Sure. But that wasn't us. That, you know, that was Disney's decision that they made. And We're seeing the uh, the fruits of that labor anyway with uh, with Disney, with the, the Star Wars, the Lucasfilms properties and things like that. Yeah. not been great. <laughs> no, not at all.
2: Uh, Back to Spider-Man for a minute, mm-hmm. okay? So, I want to talk about Miles Morales for just a second, right? So, uh, you could make a serious argument, and Chris kind of alluded to it, about Gwen for a second. So, this movie could legitimately, isn't just Miles' movie. Right. Like, it's every bit a Gwen movie here. 50 50 is probably a pretty close cut. I, I, I think it is. I think it probably leans a little bit to Miles. It's probably like like 55 45. But yeah. if you, you said hey, this is Gwen to me, I wouldn't even argue with you about it. Okay. But I want to talk about Miles the character for just a minute because he's the one that is experiencing the most growth as a spider person, I think. Oh, I don't know. Well uh,
1: okay, let, yeah, they're let, they're let me let me get my points here. I'm right? with Chris.
0: Go I'm with Chris go. on this one. I don't know if that's accurate. I think well
1: I, 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 well, well let's continue in a second. I think I, I think I think they're dead even. I think the two characters have their arcs at the same time in this film. And you see it at the end end of the movie. Okay, sure. Okay, that's fine.
2: Um, With Miles as a character, right? Miles is the one. Miles is not in the best place, okay? Find out that Gwen's not really in a great place right now either. But, you know, this movie, if if you watch the end of the original Spider-Verse movie where Gwen appears in the little portal above him, like, you don't realize, like, that's, 18 months give or take later from when we last saw miles out being Mm spider-man okay um we see miles miles is really struggling with balancing being spider-man and being miles he's struggling
1: with with the same thing every every high school yep Spider-Man struggle. So yeah, he's
2: struggling with it right now and he's struggling with it too and like we know because one thing that we're going to talk about for at least a few minutes, we're going to talk about what's called canon events here, okay? Because this is a big deal for Spider-Man and with the canon events, everybody, every Spider-Man has to lose somebody. At least one person, right? So obviously Miles lost his Uncle Aaron. Gwen lost her Peter Parker. Um, Peter B. Parker... You know, lost his uncle Ben, and you know, you know the whole yeah, story. Yeah. Somebody always loses somebody very close to them. Okay, so Miles finds out that there's a canon event coming up for him. Okay, and I'm I'm blown by a lot of stuff here, but Miles is determined to stop his own canon event. All right, which leads us to the real discourse in this movie, like where you start to see like who might actually be the bad guy in this film. Okay, or one of the bad guys in this film. Okay. And we know that canon events can be stopped because we watched it happen. And I'm not going to talk about that because, listen, that's a very cool scene yeah. and very fucking awesome. And I don't want to spoil that. But just know that Miles, Miles and them being there changed a canon event for a fellow spider. Okay. And. Miles is going to try to stop his cannon event, whether it happens or not, in this movie, mm-hmm. or in this next movie. Listen, I have no idea if it does, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. Legitimately, mm-hmm. won't be surprised. And I think the build up with Miles as a character, growing up as you know, from basically a boy to a man, like that's happening to him, and he doesn't know how to how to pace himself. And then we see the flip side of it for Gwen, which mm-hmm. you know, I understand your point here. We see Gwen who is. Basically, the same age as Miles, right? Maybe a year older. A year older, or something. Year yeah. older, right? And she's gone through some of these problems already. Except, we find out that she also hasn't had a second canon event in her life. And how how like the similarities between the two of them? You know, the story that it helps tell, I think, is incredible because you find out that there are millions of versions of spiders, okay, and they all have the same two canonical events. And you're like, well, damn. I understand why he wants to stop it, and yeah. I
0: think that's a that's a secondary
2: story that they didn't have to put in, because they already have a great villain going on with Spot, and look, I remember when I talked about, when I found out that Spot was the main villain in this movie, like, six or eight months ago, and I was like, this could be so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Man,
1: it's cool. It is, and Wait. here's the thing, Spot Spot gets a criminally low amount of time on screen, because... Dude, he's a big bad! He's, he, he's a big bad, he's fun to watch in this movie, and like just the what he becomes so quickly it's i mean you're you're kind of in oh shit town right mm-hmm. like it's like oh and they made they did a good job of making this this what starts out as a lighter funnier comical villain into this armageddon level event a hundred percent like like this is this is galaxy ending here and it's really cool to see because he just he he's not sinister but man he's like he has so much power at that uh, like by the end point of the movie when they draw him from you know from the style he was drawn being very white very you know luminescent white with the black spots mm-hmm. to be in that weird like like almost like violently like pencil drawn yep. black with just that little bit of white outline around him dude that looks so good on screen mm-hmm. and looks so scary like I'm i'm excited to see the spot stuff in the next movie because that's that's coming and that's going to be cool to see and i don't know how many spider people are going to be needed to fight that but that's cool i assume it's going to be lots. oh yeah lots of spiders yeah so it's really cool but like to go back to what you're saying and i i I think spending a good bit of time here on these two subjects is good because i think this is the entirety of the spider-man film right where like we have the two story arcs happening for the two main characters miles is going from you know trying to figure it out on his own mm-hmm. and be cut and figure out who he is. But like, he desperately wants to be part of, part of a team. He wants, he to feels be part like of he own. should be part of a exactly. team. Exactly. But and then like, he's figuring out how, how he, how he has to do it on his own. Whereas the opposite has happened for Gwen, where Gwen, you know, she's, she's been on the team before and all this stuff. And, she, and that hasn't worked for her. Anytime people are close to her, you know, they, they die, they die or they get hurt. So she's, she's desperately trying to just be, to do things solo. on her own and be solo. And not need the team. And then by the end of this, she's come on her arc where, you know, at the same time that Miles is figuring out, you know, nope, I got to do I got to I got to do this my way. Yep. You know, she's figuring out I need I need I need ever I need other people. I need everyone who's going to help Miles. And that's just such a cool like head to come to for both characters at mm-hmm. the same time, especially the way the ending delivers it. God, it's good. Well,
0: because they're both hero moments. Yeah. They're, bo- they're, they're, they're both hero realization moments, which is it's it's very powerful when you have one, but when you have two, mm-hmm. it's even better. And that's and th- this movie is like it's 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 custom built to to, to we, so so we, we, we get that shared movie experience with Gwen and with Miles Morales here. That's that's the beauty of this one. It's like it's not we have two I would argue there's two protagonists here. Not one's not more of a protagonist than the other one, but we have no, two yeah, equal protagonists.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I mean let's like I said, I- wouldn't argue it if you said it was Gwen's movie. Yeah. So the <laughs> sure. well, but but right. only
0: the only reason I think I only reason I think that Gwen might edge out uh, Miles Morales in this one is because of how it starts with Gwen's father and Well, it is that, a good fifteen straight minutes of Gwen. It is. man it that is. opening with her with her father and I mean I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, but like that's the Phil Lord Chris Miller effect. Is that's the writing that they bring to the table? Is it's not corny, it's not hokey, it's it's getting kicked in the chest when you don't expect it, hero wise. Because your father, who now knows the truth, still it has to. He's still he's not acting as a father; he's acting as a policeman. Which, of yeah. course, that will be his arc. But it's, I mean, how it how that's going to play itself out in the in in the second movie next year? That's going to be the interesting part. I have a lot of theory going to the next movie. I don't want to talk about, it, but I have a lot of theories about how these how some of these characters are going to end up. But that opening with Gwen you know reliving that past of with with her peter parker and then her father that's you want to talk about opening to a movie that guts you that's like up level opening of just guts you right in the get go you know it's just it sets you up for what you know is coming and it sets up the tone for even what's coming with miles and his parents is like that's what his struggle is too is like he wants so badly to tell everyone that he is fucking Spider-Man, but he, he just can't yeah, like, do get it off
2: his back. Like yeah. I'm busy as shit. And this is why I'm busy as shit. <laughs> he just can't
0: do it. And like, that's that conversation in the water tower with, with Gwen and then with his parents, it's just, it's a thing of real beauty. It's a thing we don't get for it. It's a shame that it stands out. And I'll say that with an asterisk here, the asterisk being it's a shame that it stands out because that shouldn't be so surprising but it is because we just don't get that level of writing very often. That level of of deep character development, which then for both Gwen and Miles, having their both scenes in in, in the first half of the film, then to go to that scene when Gwen comes and he says, hey, you want to come out? He says, I'm grounded. She says, well, is Spider-Man, is Spider-Man grounded? And then they have that scene where they're sitting upside down looking at the city. And she's talking that's about. a cool scene. Oh, Even yeah. though I've seen it yeah. in the trailer,
2: like when they're actually doing it. Yeah.
0: And like that weird
2: tension where like he wants to touch her hand yep. and then he doesn't. You're just yep. like, come on, dude.
0: Just well, because what she's know. saying is everyone I get close to, they die. My, yeah, I lost my Spider-Man. He's gone. But like you get from the inflection of like she's saying, like, I had feelings for him and he's gone and I have to live with that and I have something to do with it. That's the problem. And like that's it's just it's such a I, I mean, Chris, you hit the nail on the head earlier without hitting the nail on the head is like that's like that's what makes some of these superhero stories so special is some of the, like these superheroes are so young, dealing with so goddamn much. That's what makes it everything so heavy on their shoulders. Is mm-hmm. you know, to 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 be young and in love, like that's when it's the greatest. That's when it's That's when it hits you the hardest. That's when it's like everything is so immediate. Everything is so like, well, if I can't have this person, I just want to be dead kind of kind of way to look at it when you're in high school. It's just, man, it's just that's what I was just glued to the screen for these for those opening tender moments. And then again, with like with Gwen and then Miles parents again that like such a wonderful crafted sequence, man. Oh, I have been t- you guys can talk I've been talking for like 10 minutes but that so that stuff is what s- makes this movie so great is it takes the time to really set up and develop these these character moments now they kind of cheat because they have a whole other movie to yep. to well, really to really expand these arcs and it's not it's not like a lord of the rings it's not like a planned trilogy this is a this is a second this is a second half of a movie this is like the matrix it's not I there's mean, only two matrix movies one's just split up into two movies
1: I mean if they know they have the time to play with then there's nothing wrong with them playing. Well it no with yeah it, right? of, of like, course which that, is
0: kind of why I take they don't yeah. I mean I don't think it's a problem that they split this into two. I no, I did, I never before you said something I, I wish it was just,
1: out tomorrow though so I could fucking true, watch it. True. <laughs> that is <laughs> right. my problem with split. Uh, again on the whole split into two parts thing there's nothing wrong with that. Again I just think the studio did a good job. I saw a lot of a lot of people complaining about how like you know they had no idea it was going to be two parts. Because again I think like the first trailer that came out had like, you know, part one or something in it, in the mm-hmm. title. And then like, you can't it just f- kind of disappeared. Exactly. So it's like, I, I, I think they got scared that like, you know, that it would turn some people off to see in the film, blah, blah, blah. I'll wait till they're, they're both out. That kind of thing. You know, when in, in the binge mentality that, we're, you know, the world is in at the moment, maybe, you know, telling people, Hey, if you wait, you can see it all at once. Kind of, they might've hurt their bottom line. So I can see why that happens. I it, it It's all good either way. The, um the main thing with the you know, the two parter sequence is that I can appreciate that you can get more time in the places that will build it up and hopefully you get a just a an out of this world part two. And with with all of that, I think that we spent a little bit too much time maybe with Miles and his parents. If there's no payoff in the second movie, I think you could cut this down a little bit or give a little more in other places if you just come back a little bit with it. Because we spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. Well, I think there's a reason for that. And I don't want to spoil it, but
2: I would just say, I think that's all related to the upcoming canon event.
1: Oh
2: yeah. But I mean, I think that's why they do it because you know, there may be a point where not everybody's there to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's why they do it. And after watching the whole movie, I'm just like, okay, you know, because I thought the whole conversation between mom, dad, and miles, it really does kind of feel like there's a lot of it, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stuff. They, they, they have these same conversations like four or five different times and never accomplish a full conversation. They just don't, they just end up, you know, fighting with each other and then somebody leaves and like that sort of thing. And I think like the reason they do it is I think that, that it would haunt miles if that's how this stuff ended. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be important, um, you know, obviously for what is upcoming, at least in some form in the second movie.
1: Uh, Speaking of that though, the the other point I think is, I think we spend too much time with miles and his mom and not a time with miles and his dad. You know what I mean? Sure. I I, I think maybe there should have been a little bit more built, you know, with, with that relationship. We did get a lot of that in the first movie though. Don't get me wrong, but that's, that was five years ago. People forgot about, you know, some of the things in that movie and that's just being honest about it. So, like, you know, maybe a little bit more time spent with Miles and his dad and like a life lesson here or there between those two would have been strong to lead into the next film. I mean, think another small thing. But
0: why do you think it's too – I mean, you say if there's no payoff, there's absolutely going to be a payoff. I mean – i don't, don't know that f- hopefully yeah hopefully okay, of course we, there's going there to be of course they, they, there's they, going they, they, to be let us to
1: believe there will be but we don't know <laughs> we well, have we, no well, idea
0: well okay, you're 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 right uh we don't know but given what we have already with we know that chris miller and phil order writing it we know we have they've every already set up. yeah that's Dang. my point though is, no, is a no, guarantee no you're right there's no, no guarantee hold on there's no guarantee but what reason do you have to suspect they won't do it I, you you have more reason to suspect listen, they will do it than they I, I think
2: in Chris is what Chris is saying is listen I get disappointed in movies all the time. So the less <laughs> there, the yeah. less the less hope that I have the better that I
0: That's
1: actually kind of fair. 100 <laughs> percent is what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> I get know, disappointed. Like, like, as much as I as I know what they're supposed to do next, that they what they know what they're supposed to do next, it's it just we've seen we've seen bad decisions get made in in the form of, you know, in movies. We've seen good movies have something that's just a blemish on like an entire experience. It happens. So I, I while I expect there to be payoff, I just I can't guarantee it. You know well, what I mean? Yep.
0: But what they're setting up here is one or both won't survive the next movie of his parents.
1: I mean that's what see. they're setting up. And i
0: I mean if it's gonna be one, my theory is it's gonna be the mom. Mm, because I we, think that would be interesting. Well because she has the more tender moments with him in this movie. She has the more please don't let my little boy go astray. Make sure he's well taken care. Of. Like they've already set her up now. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they've already set up a scenario where she, if she's the one to go. now again, I, I'm not spoiling anything because like, I don't know. I'm just giving on what they've given us. But if she, they've already set it up. So she's absolutely going to be one to go, whether they do it or not. I, I don't know. Maybe they have different plans for her, but they've, if one's going to die, they've set because of the conversation she has with miles, they've set her up to be the one that doesn't survive.
1: Mm-hmm. Now so, uh, I think we haven't talked about the true hero in this movie, Peter B. Parker. Oh, right. He's not with, used very much in this movie. By uh, the way. he's used perfectly. Because well, no, I, he's used
2: well, but not very much. He's the true
1: hero because he's a dad. True. Period. In discussion, who is
2: a terrible parent? Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Which is why he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I love but, when Mayday's swinging
2: around and Hobie's like that. Kids an anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the the scene where she's upside down. And like points to the outside window when when Gwen shows up, I was like, "All right, this kid's pretty cool." And then when she puts on this the little spider beanie, yeah, yeah, like I think that was cool as hell. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I agree with you. I I agree that well, him having the baby was super important because we needed. I think we oh, needed yeah. to see that. I think, well, I mean, him being a, him being a terrible dad weighed weighed against the. We need to see that. We need to see that one over than him being it, but like I we needed to see him him having a kid that that i love that, that he was like essential. why did i give her a web shooter yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's just even but going just a little sidestep for a second even their involvement in 21 jump street and 22 22 jump street had those the, movies are hilarious they're, they're, they they had no business being as good as they were but they i mean again the phil lord and chris miller That effect is what made them so good. And that's why we get all these wonderful one-liners that are funny, but man, they work and they fit inside the universe set up for us. And that's, what's so great about this is like, that's, it's all the one-liners that work and all the, the correct intonations and inflections that the director pick up on in the writing. And it's, I'm, you'd, You'd be hard pressed to find a better movie in 2023 than Spider-Man into the, across the Spider-Verse, both animated and live action. You'd be well, tough pressed.
2: Here's the thing: the story, the level of story that we get here is, you know, I I had high expectations for this movie, you know, as high as I ever had for a movie, and I was very ready to have it not live up to that kind of hype. And the story that we got somehow was bigger, a larger scale than what I thought we could even get. And I'm just. <laughs> So impressed that they pulled that off, and look, so one person we haven't talked about we need to talk to for at least a couple of minutes here, we got to talk about Miguel for a second, okay? because you know he's kind of the orchestrator, you know the the maestro of this whole spider verse, right? He's the one that's getting everybody together, giving her he's built the tech so they can jump universe to universe, and he's kind of a dickhead, and you know yeah, I think he's we're a dickhead gonna-
0: because he, because he's a leader.
2: Well, that's the thing. I think I think part of the next movie is we're going to learn a little bit more about him and I think that that also can be a great character growth because Oscar Isaac playing this character leads some real credence to hey man this dude can actually act. So it'll be interesting like what kind of story that Miguel gets out of this because look, you know him and Miles ain't done. <laughs> and he's going to be really pissed off next time they see each other. So uh I'm really interested to see how he turns out. So no, I mean this. It's what are you guys
1: thinking, Miguel? <laughs> Miguel villain. L- uh, well, uh, at, at, yeah, well yeah, so yeah. Miguel as so he he is the opposite force of Miles, sure. which makes him not the villain, but he is the he is an ant- antagonist in this in this movie. So we'll, we'll we'll phrase it that way.
2: At least in the last twenty five percent. Yes. Yeah.
1: As an antagonist, I believe he actually he's very he's very he's done very well, right? He's imposing and he's he is forceful in, in the thing, and and he is rigid on his beliefs, which is intimidating. All the, which are all these things that like you're good you good antagonists have you know within movies. I think think Punisher even, you know what I mean? Where like you know he's very rigid in his beliefs, and that's what makes him you know you know almost righteous in his thinking, but at the same time, it, it's also his downfall. I think Miguel has a lot of that going on with him, sure. And I think that his relentless pursuit of miles is absolutely something that you know it, it gives weight to the scenes that, that they're in together because you know he's already against miles from the start even before like it's, while we find out he's against miles yeah, yeah. and it's very clear on what's going to happen and then you know miles takes his fate into his own hands and that whole scene from that whole interaction between those two from then on is i think stellar even to the point where they're riding up the train, and miles you know, Miles tells him, you know, you know, I got, you know, hunt, you know, thousands of spider people to follow to follow me out, out of your base, and it's like, yep, oh, all right, here we go. So
0: <laughs> it's
2: when you realize that scene. So that scene is fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris, I understand that you had a bit of an issue with
1: the sound, just some sound right? issue, yeah. Which you know, it, it was just some dialogue misses. I've I've since you know found you know like what was all said and things in that cool. point. But anytime there was there was a lot of chatter on you know in the background, it was very hard to hear. But it, that wasn't just me having those issues. Apparently, that may just be a theater technical thing mm-hmm. based off the encoding
0: of yeah, the yeah.
2: film. Um, but when when we find out that um, you know Miles actually outplays Miguel mm-hmm. and Miguel is infuriated by this, <laughs> like I think that that's cool because you know like. Miguel's not used to this, you know, he's had his own villains, he's not used to getting outplayed, especially by somebody who's like fresh, what yeah. he considers just like a rookie spider. And I, I'm really interested to see how the interactions between them shake out in the end, right? Because look, I don't necessarily think that he's a you know, big bad antagonist right like i I think you know we're probably going to get a little bit of a redemption arc for miguel which is totally okay and i'm I'm here for it right the possibilities are there yeah yeah absolutely but to see him get outmaneuvered by a young guy like miles is just like and he's so pissed off about
1: it well i mean like when he when he's when he reaches in and starts breaking through that that shield near the end when he's trying when he's going clawing him out like that was like oh Oh damn! Because you know, because Miles, you know, he 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 only break that with his with his absorption effect, his um venom strike. Yeah, it's like like the fact that he's just brute forcing it because of how pissed he is. So like, oh, oh boy, boy's mad. I think Miguel's downfall in this was the fact that the thing that makes Spider Man Spider Man is that he is the master of of improvisation. Improv, yep. Yeah, like everything is so on the fly for Spider Man. It's all instinct. It's all it, it's all sense
2: spider sense that's yeah exactly where it came from
1: miguel is planning he's trying to have a plan for everything meticulous and yeah and like I th- it goes outside of what makes spider-man spider-man so i think that might be why he was able to get outsmarted by miles because i don't think miles had a plan until he until he was, had a plan until he was right until he was riding up to space and it's like okay this works for me all of a sudden so and i think that's that, that's where miguel had his downfall within the film but it again speaks well to the character very very well done there's not a character in this that isn't well done so far, and it's one of the one of the many strengths. And there's there's so many positive things. We we've already talked about the soundtrack. We talked about the characters. We talked about the story. We animation. talked about the interaction. The animation, like all these things, are so positive. The movie in those senses are are they're great, and I think it all plays together. Runtime is a little bit longer than what like when the, like most kids are going to want, especially younger. But it's not all. It's not. It, it's for the entire viewing audience, and yeah. you, you know everyone that's already invested. They, would, they will straight up it. tell you that this is not straight up a kid's nope.
2: movie. This is an animated mm-hmm. superhero movie. Yeah. And that's the best way to put it. Uh, last thing I want to talk about this, and then we're, we're moving to score it. Now, I don't want you guys to spoil anything. Um, what did you think of the last three or four minutes of this
1: film? fucking masterful <laughs> You're right i've yeah. never been yeah. so pumped about a to be continued screen yeah coming up on on, on, on a goddamn movie Dude, in my when life that other, when that
2: other mask comes off i was like hell oh, yeah Or yeah.
1: well, like, like they do a good job of, of like getting you ready for it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but so go i'm sorry oh yeah go ahead, go ahead.
2: oh so i i had an idea of mm-hmm. what was going on my wife was just like oh <gasps> <laughs>
1: she like gasped. well my, my daughter went Went. i'm confused I oh, well wow. <laughs> it was like <laughs> like i had to explain to her that's fair what man. was that's happening fair. And, and like i caught a glimpse of it when things are starting to go wrong when he's uh when he's in the go home machine mm-hmm. like you like they show you a glimpse of it they show you for a second but unless your brain's working real hard it's easy to miss that yep. like out and like when i was like I was like that number wasn't right there's no there's no way there's a mistake there and then and then things play out the way they. there's do. no mistake yeah, exactly but like. I think my favorite part of that ending was, was two pieces. It's a, you know, the last shot we get of Gwen and all, and, and, and all the things that she makes come together, you know, and it's going to be four miles. And again, that's her arc right. There's, is is bringing, bringing things together, you know, for what, what, what they have to be. But that last shot, we get of miles that look, he, that look, he gives to you know, to who he's with. And it's like, Oh, I need this right now. Yeah, no,
2: you see, like the electricity coming off his finger. He kind of
1: like like leans that head back. and, like, oh, I need this now. <laughs> it's gonna hurt waiting for you know ten months for this goddamn movie to come out.
0: Ah, what about you, Grace? What did you think of it? Uh, it was it's it's a masterfully created
1: way to separate two, two, two movies. <laughs> um, it's not, it. I mean, just off what you just said, Grace. It's not even a cliffhanger that hurts. Because no, but it only it only
0: hurts uh, because. You, 'Cause you know you gotta wait for it. Yeah.
1: You're
2: like, shit, I need two hours and fifteen more
0: minutes today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's you know I could okay, let's we'll just take two seconds. I could wait for the other pirates movie. I could have waited for, yeah, the, yeah. for the for the other Matrix movies. I could have waited for almost every movie that does this. I was okay waiting, you know, a year for the next one. But this one I just I I was so disappointed that I didn't have it right away. But I mean the good news is that means that the next movie is probably going to have a, a banner fucking opening weekend. Oh, yeah. Like, insane numbers for this. I mean, it's going to blow the first two movies out of the water. I sure hope so, anyway. And I really hope that they do a um, I really hope they do, like, a the week before it comes out, two weeks before it comes out, they do, like, a limited run. Like, every night at 7 o'clock, you can watch the first one to get caught up, even though everyone will have it on whatever. But, like, you can also... Seeing it on big screens is different than... But I, just, I hope they I can't
2: wait to watch this sitting in my house mm-hmm. 150,000 oh, yeah, times in a row. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't I, wait I just to see. see
0: this. It's this is as gets as high an accolade for me as Top Gun got, maybe more. I mean, maybe I mean, more because it does it, words.
1: I, yeah. But this is I mean, you've seen the movie now. It's great. It's a great movie. So, before we go to score this, I I do I have one more subject I want to sure. hit. I alluded yes. to it in, um, when, when we were talking. Um, I think I, I have a point as to why this probably doesn't isn't making as much money as we think it should be, because I think this movie should be about 200 million higher than it is right now. You know, I I, I, I agree with you. I, you know, I'm interested I to hear why you think I don't not, agree with that. No. OK, so so I, I think quality of the film wise, it should be knocking on 450 is where we should be right now. Um, I don't think we're going to get that. And it's because of something that I'm an argument I'm used to hearing. And I'll lead in this way. I'm I'm, you know, like, you know, I'm. I'm the anime guy, right? Like sure. I like I lean more into that and you know, we've talked about how good this is and how, and how well this looks to animation, how Spider-Man lends himself to it. You're going to get the crowd that looks at this and says it's a cartoon and they're not going to go see it. Yep. You're going to get the, you know, it's like some of the adult fan base that just will not see this because it is animated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's why it ha- doesn't make the money that it should. Yeah. Um, there are things that I've seen in, in the animation sphere um, and in the anime sphere, uh, movies called Your Name, um, uh, yeah, Your Name, Silent Voice, and Weathering with You, which are extremely emotional movies. And you know, Grayson, you probably like a bitch in all three of those. Like these are movies that are just top tier for like emotional deliverance. There's and all that
2: great movies, but they're just animated. But
1: but, but they're they're quote unquote they're cartoons, mm-hmm. and people won't see them because of those reasons. Sure. And I think that's what we get out of Spider-Man both into and across the Spider-Verse now Mm -hmm. is the fact that the fact that these aren't live action movies, you have a portion of the, of of the superhero fan base that just won't go out to see it. Yep. And that's what hurts the box office. This movie should have made more money already. So I,
2: I, you know, I told you that I, you know, I don't think it should have made, I I think it's, To me, where I would have projected it, it's kind of right about there. Um, And the reason for that is actually very similar to what you just said. is because I've seen people have that argument. I don't care, it's a cartoon. It's not. The problem this movie has, even if you want to classify it as just a cartoon or just an animated movie. Let's take a movie like Frozen. Just Mm -hmm. the original Frozen, okay? It made a billion dollars. So when the second one came out, it made similar money, right? Except. It's in, don't knock me for I say this. frozen has a larger family appeal mm-hmm. than Spider-Man does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In this room. So it's not like, you know, you had a bunch of seven year olds dragging their parents. Like we got to go see this movie. We got to go see this movie. We got to go see this movie. It's not the same kind of crowd for that. Well, even yeah. though a lot of people argue, well, it's animated and it's a, it's a superhero movie. Of course it is, but it's really not. So this is an animated movie that's very adult oriented without being an r-rated movie right because i mean this is this is a pg-13 movie Mm -hmm. and you know it it feels like it it doesn't feel off in that universe and that also cuts down the much younger crowd Mm -hmm. from going to it and when you start looking at the the stubborn adults that won't see it because it's animated and the parents that won't take their kids because it's not a pg movie that cuts down that window now look I think this movie should make a trillion dollars. Okay. (laughs) I want it to be, I want it to win 11 fucking Oscars. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'd be surprised if it doesn't make a serious run for animated Oscar. Right. I haven't seen a single animated movie yet this year that would even fucking come close, come close to it. Right. But that's, that's the kind of thing you to think about it's going to have, it's going to get all kinds of writing accolades. It's making a fair amount of money. And it's great. So that's why I think the cliffhanger is actually very beneficial for next year's openings. Okay. okay. That's, it's going to inflate that number. It's going to come out. I won't say double this box office, but look, it might push 185 million, $200 million opening weekend. And that would be incredible because look, take a movie like frozen that costs a couple of hundred million dollars by the time it was done. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was a hundred million dollar budget. Okay, it's already in the green, mm-hmm. already bringing in oh, yeah. a ton of money, and it's going to have some legs. And this movie thrives; will thrive in home, mm-hmm. like it will just make a ton more money that way. So they are going to be very happy with how it makes, even though we would like it to have made more money. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and I think the the last thing that is going well for this film, like with with in that exchange, is that you know into the Spider-Verse. Was five years ago. Yep. This is coming out. You know, like like you less said, less than a year from now. Less than a year from now, and the fact that it's a to to be continued heart. The, the other half of the people that haven't seen this film yet and are just going to watch it when it comes out on streaming, they're going to be excited to go see this in theaters after that. So I I, I bet we get a better part three, well part two showing than what this movie gets. Sure. Because a it's going to be in a tighter window At release early. wise. Yep. And people are going to be ready to see this that didn't go see this one in theaters, but are going to watch it at home as like the way that they first view this thing. Sure, which I'm excited for. I'm excited to see this thing come out. Well, of I course, voice. there's a there's a
0: strategy there's a strategy behind the release window. Of course, there is. But yeah, I'm I think Chris, you're probably right about that. They 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 planned it the way they planned it to get the maximum to get the maximum butts in seats for the third movie premiere. You know what I mean? Like, they set, I, yeah, they give it one hell of a setup. <laughs> and it's so one last thing just right before you score it and i know we're running long but so is is the cameo that we see has he been cast for the live action miles morales movie that's most definitely
1: coming i don't know i think i think that's more so i don't think that, that's a nod at like a live action miles morales movie i think that's more of a nod at sony saying hey we can show up anywhere at this point like they can work with disney marvel for any of these characters to show up. We're happy any, to do that. Yeah. Well, know, but here's, like, a, I
0: mean, if you don't think they're going to try to somehow fit, even if the person I'm talking about, and I won't spoil it if you haven't seen the movie, but is the cameo in this for mm-hmm. makes sense for Miles Morales. If they're going to try to include him in the next live action MCU Spider-Man movie, so there's four Spider-Men, that's a real possibility that's in play too. Because there's a, there's yeah. a reason they, they put him in there. There's got to be a we, reason.
2: I have something I can say to that. But I won't say it during the show to yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. later on. Yeah, um, let's get ready to score this bad boy.
1: Yeah, I think so. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Ooh, okay, okay, because I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the lowest score here. So one, I I gi- <laughs> yeah, yeah one <laughs> beat No, I gave I gave into the Spider Verse a nine out of ten. I it's it's a fantastic film. It's great in on on everything you can you can ask for. The thing does a fantastic job, and. The movie just the, the movie is so good in in every aspect. This this movie does the same thing. It's good in every category. It's good or great in every single category you can point to. Um, it and this movie's better than the first one. I, I, I can't I can't give it the I can't give it the ten. This movie is a nine point five though. This is so dang close to it, it to perfection. It's just not quite there out of what I need out, out of a film, but. it's close man it's 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 so close this is a nine nine and a half out of ten it's so good though this is a movie you need to you need to just go see if you haven't seen it yet for some reason go watch this movie
0: i'll go i'll I'll go next this is this is a 10 this is a 10 for me um i i was i I can't even they did everything perfectly they 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 executed everything perfectly and the setup is perfect i know exactly i think i know exactly where we're going with the next one as far as character-wise, but I didn't. I mean, because the writing is so strong and because it's so well done, that's the reason I know is because now certain certain arcs, certain um, arcs have to be followed through in the same way they've been set up. So I'm very excited for the next one. But uh, the the quality of this movie, this this is a ten. This is absolutely now ten doesn't mean perfect on our scale. What I what I think ten does mean is this is a must watch. This is an absolute. Must stop what you're doing and go watch this movie. You will not be disappointed if you have any interest at all in the superhero genre or Spider-Man. Now, if if you don't have any interest at all in superhero stuff, then you probably shouldn't watch this because it's not going to catch you. But this is if you're into it. This is an absolute ten. Um, how it's set up, how it's executed, it's an absolute ten. So uh,
2: five years ago, I sat in the basement of a house that I no longer live in. Uh, sitting around a card table talking about spider-man into the spider-verse uh that was at the time a movie that i had no expectation of had never heard much about but it was the theatrical that came out and you know it it had a cool trailer with him jumping off the building wearing his jordans Mm -hmm. or whatever and i was like all right cool let's go talk about you know let's go see this i remember sitting there at that table trying to explain into a microphone because you know we hadn't i hadn't been doing this that long at the time about how i thought i had just seen the best superhero movie i had ever seen and you know five years later i'm far more accomplished much more successful in my life you know <laughs> prestige uh, prestige yeah listen i I bless you people every week with <laughs> my words um uh, sitting the, here the humility the humility, <laughs> the humility yeah. is just, that's right hubris my friend hubris um Sitting here, you know, five years later, after watching a movie that was every bit to me as good as the first one, with even a deeper story, which is just an incredible accomplishment for me. This movie's a ten. I can't wait to see the second part of this. I can't wait to see this, you know, at home. Like I, I can't wait to have it and to be able to watch it anytime that I want. I'm very excited for it. Um, The storytelling is incredible, and visually, it is fucking stunning and. That is so impressive of a thing to see. So it's a 10 for me. Yeah. So it can be cumulative 29.5 because someone here is a coward. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I agree.
0: That's fair. I agree. And one, I do want to say, just take 10 seconds and say, if this isn't up for, you know, at least five or six Oscars, what the fuck are we doing at the Oscars? I mean, what, listen, what are we talking about?
2: Multiple animation and overall animated sound. It'll, it'll, well, it'll, if you
0: if you type in best movies of 2023 so far, they, they give you. I, I I found a list of 20, but I haven't heard of 19 of them. Like I haven't even heard they weren't I'm wide released. Like some like I'm sure they were. They made 16 dollars in some theater somewhere. But that's mm-hmm. the point. Is like I always thought there needs to be like you 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 have to be wide released to be considered for any Oscars, just so people can have seen it. That's always what I think. But for this is like Beauty and the Beast level. Should have been Beauty and the Beast. Should have been the best picture of that year. I mean, a lot of people look back on it and like, why wasn't it? That was such a strong movie of, you know, the ninety one. I always forget. No, it was nine ninety one. That absolutely should have been considered for best picture, best you know, live action picture as well as best animated. But
2: I mean, we said a long time about uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are
0: those are the same level. Those are same caliber.
1: Um but yeah By way, if I you're think, a, if you're a Spotify person the the entire soundtrack for the Spider-Verse dropped today. So it nice. didn't also there.
0: the the track that plays I forget what it's called but the track that plays when the trailers when the the credits first start rolling is awesome too and it's thematic the words are thematic I think it's called Am I Dreaming question mark it's thematically relevant to what just happened in Spider-Man and it's a wonderful okay. song. Uh, check that out that's all i'll listen to that on the way home from the movie over and over again but yeah it's great it's everything about this movie is a, is a solid 10 everything about this movie not a 9.5 10 I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding i did the same thing what two weeks ago last week i gave something a 9.5 yeah i was like <laughs> i can't quite get it. what was that i don't even know what that was yeah well it, it doesn't matter
2: me. what fucking spider-man
0: <laughs> <laughs> wrap them up all right wrapping it up boys and girls thank you gentlemen for joining me uh, this has been episode 334A of For the Love of Cinema, a movie mm-hmm. podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two. Rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell one. Hi, I'm Matt Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, always posting things on social media. Also, check us out on YouTube, planning our our triumphant return there. And next week, we're taking a look at Transformers, Rise of the Beasts and Flaming Hot, another movie from Hulu.